pulled over and not have to face these warrants in California. And you just, just don't want the consequences. Yeah, and just figure out a way to get high without getting in trouble. And, you know, and then you, you know, you get introduced to county jail in Arizona and a slop tray and you're, you know, you're in and out of county jail and, you know, you get out, you go back, you get out, you go back. And then ultimately, I mean, I got married. I had a kid. Oh yeah, you know all that stuff. Like, if I get married, I'm gonna be okay. If I, you know, because I'm having this kid, you know, this is gonna make it okay. Or if I work this job instead of that job, it's gonna be okay. Um, you know, and 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 eventually, I, I started doing speed again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And eventually, you know, like drinking and. Drinking and weed were great, and I just was at work, and one of the guys at work was like, here, you want a line? And I go home, and I'm doing the laundry, and, and I'm yeah. cleaning the dishes, and my wife had been bitching at me. Yeah, she'd been bitching at me about not helping out at the house, and she was like, I like you better on speed than weed, and that light bulb clicks, and I was like, okay, that's okay. You got it. Here we okay. go, and then it was all bad after that. Like, it was all bad after that. I couldn't stop getting high, and then she's bitching at me about getting high, so I get her high. Yeah. And then now we're fighting over dope, we're fighting over this, we're having fist fight, and, and I, I had my first ex-wife fought like a man, so... Why do you hide dope in me? <clears throat> no, I mean, I, I would I do all my... I, I know no, I'd do all my dope, and I would just go in her purse and take hers, and yeah. she would be pissed off. I need yours and mine. You know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not real proud of, um, you know, have some domestic violence in my past, yeah. you know, from 20 years ago. Uh, you know, some things, these things that happened, you know, and... Uh, and I, yeah, I go to county jail a few times, dude, and, and uh, you know, like I, I get out of county jail and uh, I, I'm on IPS and I, you know, when my IPS officer oh, see in me. in prison soon? Yeah, my IPS officer yeah. see me, I'm in the hole. I did 10 months in the hole on a year sentence. And uh, cause you I- did Durango hole? Yeah, no, at East Towers. Oh, or Towers. no, you know what? Yeah, I was at Towers over yeah. there. And uh, and this is like, uh, this is like 2001 and uh, you know, he comes and sees me. I get slapped with divorce papers one day, and then the next day my PO comes and sees me and says, you know, you got this intense probation. I think you could do this. And I was like, hey, yeah, I want you to do this, and I want you to go to this halfway house. And then I was like, I'm not doing any of that. I was yeah. like, you should just send me to prison right now. He was like, it's too late for that. You already took the probation. And I was like, well, So you're notifying me. Yeah, you're yeah. Me. So this is a notification. <clears throat> yeah. You yeah. on IPS. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, I get out and I go to TLC. Oh, TLC. Yeah, and uh, and high. No shout out. I'm, yeah. No. I mean, dude, there were some people that were getting sober there, and I know some people that did some good things at TLC. I can't, I can't say that because no. I know some people that stayed yeah, sober. That is true. Stayed sober from there, Still dude. Like shout out. It, yeah, it, 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 whatever you think about it, like you could get sober in the dope house right. if you are willing to do the things to be sober. I just was never willing to do the things to be sober. That's why I never got sober, right? There's a process to this. Yeah. And there's a yeah, process right. to this. And, you know, all that having kicked out, new girlfriend, you know, all the whole deal, dude. Um, you know, running the streets with her, dude. Finally, I get, I, of all places, they go into my, they, you know, they raid my mom's house, looking for me on probation violation. I'm not there. Uh, I, I'm like, oh, and, and her mom lives by my mom. And I'm like, I got to leave. Your mom probably told them where we live at. I, I go did. down the street to my dope dealer's house and I'm sitting in her house. They come to serve her a warrant for probation, probation <laughs> violation. And he stops me and pulls my wanted poster out of his pocket. 
And and I, because I gave him a fake name and everything, he was yeah, like, "Do we have to keep going through this, Scott Shockley?" And I was like, "No." Yeah, and, we're good. I mean, you know, yeah, you got me. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I went to prison in Arizona and doing time in Arizona, dude, it was crazy because there's more white people than I've seen in my whole life. <laughs> right? It's like a whole nother world. Like in county jail in the tents, I'm sharpening up a toothbrush on the on the concrete, you know, and and some dude walks in and he's like, "What are you doing that for?" And I said, "Cause I'm white." You know, because the last place I was at was yeah, LA County yeah. Jail, you know, and and I go to the chow hall and I see more white people than I've seen in my whole life in one place. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need this. Yeah, you know, yeah. you go to prison and, and there's a dude that did time with my dad in prison there. And he pulls me under, oh, I know your dad from the neighborhood, you know, like, and, and uh, he's like, you're my youngster. Here, hold this tattoo gun. Here, here's some food. Here's some tobacco. Here's everything you need. You know what I'm saying? You're on this workout program because you're my kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and and all the while I'm writing my girl, like I'm getting out soon. I don't tell her, you know, and um, and here I'm supposed to go back to TLC because I got nowhere to parole to. And uh, and I don't even make it there. I get out, dude. I was in, in prison for a hot minute. I go to the house. Dude, I, all I'm doing is going to get my clothes, right? That's it. That's it. I have to get my clothes. My brother's like, and it's over there in the crack spot. Even my brother's like, it's right here somewhere. I see my brother-in-law cartoon who's doing 40 years in California right now. Um, he He's living there, dude. And uh, and I knock on the window, you know, I knock on the door and the radio's loud. And and I don't uh, and I don't hear anybody. So I go to the back window in the alley and I knock on the window, dude. And she opens the blinds like this and it looked like a ghost hit her. And uh, she hurries up and goes and opens the door, and there's some dude sitting on the couch. Oh. And there's Sancho. Sancho. Yeah, yeah, Sancho. Sancho's right there. I'm not oh. mad, though, because when I went away, I told her, I was like, hey, I know. I tried to break it off with her. Like, I can't do time with you. Like, it, that just will stress me out, you know what I'm saying? And, and my plan was, I'm going to have the white picket fence. I'm going to get a job. Here we go. You know, I'm a felon now. I, I'm tired of getting high. I'm tired of living this way, dude. And, um, you know, we go in the shower, do what we do. She gets out before me, and... Uh, I walk in the bedroom, dude, and she's got the pipe in her mouth, and I'm pissed off. And, and I slap the pipe out of her mouth. And uh, and I grab the bag from her, and I start shaking my head. And she's like, what's wrong? And I said, you need to go back. You need to get dressed and go to the store and get another pipe. Yeah. I go in there, break a light bulb, and start getting high. Dude, 42 days later, I'm caught in Ajo with a van full of illegals on my way back to prison. <laughs> Shout out. Oh, <laughs> Shout out, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, we used yeah. to go to Dude, I, I was out 42, 43 days mm -hmm. and slept three nights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I lost 20 pounds. I remember I hit, I hit Florence West over there. Sorry, yeah, Florence West the over there. Right yeah, the yeah mm -hmm. and I get I go over there and uh, I take off my shirt and they were like, get this white boy some soups and some <laughs> peanut butter quick. He was on a good one. Step on the scales. You know, and... <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and I do my I do my little violation, and and you know I end up at Cheyenne, and you know I, I'm catching Yuma. I'm catching tickets, and and I hit the three yard, and it's not so bad, dude. And and I meet another guy that I'm sponsoring now. This is 20 years later. This dude's running the yard, right? And uh, and, and I remember I seen this dude through the fence, and I was like, hey, I know you. And I was talking to my other homeboy that was over there, and that dude had, uh, went to protective custody when we were in the county in the hole. Because the celly was doing whatever, and uh, and that dude runs to the yard office, so I'm out there doing pull-ups with the guys, and um, they were like, "Hey, Hefe wants to talk to you," and I was like, "Who's Hefe?" Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, "He's over there uh, with the rake," and I walk yeah. up, and they were like, "You're Scotty," and I was like, "Yeah." They were like, "What happened to Joey?" And I was like, "Joey," and he was like, "Yeah, that dude seen you, and he hit the he hit the yard office and checked in," and I was like, "Well, I thought he was a piece of shit, but I'm not gonna just 
you know, put it out there. I don't got paperwork on this dude or nothing. And I would have just handled it myself rather than say something. He goes, well, you don't got to handle it now. He is a piece of shit. You know, and so 20 years later, you know, I mean, well, you know, like 10 years later, I run into this dude, you know, all the time. But 20 years later, I'm sponsoring that same dude that was like running the yard in oh, prison. Awesome. You know, and, and yeah, and he's one of my good friends. And the reason why he asked me is he goes, yeah, I'm full of shit, dude. And I know you'll call me on my bullshit and you're not scared of me. Because I need that. You know, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, dude, it's, it's just the whole, the same thing, dude. I do the violation. I get out. Dude, I, I do all this stuff, dude, you know, selling stolen cars, running around with a pistol, selling crack, getting high, dude, you know, running hookers, whatever I can do to get money. All of that. You know, trying to make a million dollars in a month. Yeah. And, uh, been there. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, get raided for selling crack oh, cocaine, <laughs> get released because they didn't file charges yet. You know, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I. I get this proposition, like, hey, go live down in Mexico for a little while, hide out, shit's hot, you know, here, but we got this, hey, we got this stolen, this stolen Tahoe out here, guy needs you to take it down to New Gallus, uh, yeah, it's, it's two and a half hours, dude, you get like 1,500 bucks, my people are over there, they're going to take you down, and you're going to go sit on the weed farm, sit on, yeah, sit on the weed farm for a little while, let the heat die down, dude, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and I'm, and I'm like a, a buck fifty-five. Like I walk around at two twenty right now, and I'm a buck fifty-five since I was fourteen years old. And um, and 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 this fucking customs guy dude was like, "Hey, you got your ID?" And I go to my backpack to pull it out, and he reaches in. The suitcase key falls on the ground. It looks like a Chevy key. Puts a pistol to my head, dude, and pulls me out the car, dude. And bust me, dude, and and Andy Gallus, they're not giving out no kind of time down there because dudes are getting busted with like 50 pounds at the border. Yeah, the you know, this and this, dude, he's just got this stolen car. They're trying to give me probation, and I was like, and I told, and I should have took it. You're like, being a dumb, <laughs> I'm a dummy, right? I'm yeah. like, I'd rather go to prison. It's only a year. You drop this down to a class six theft. Like, I'm just going to yeah. go. Yeah, because you let me out on IPS, I'm gonna have more charges. I'm gonna do more time. It, it, it's all sure. It's all bad, and uh, and so I, I, um, you know, they take me to prison, dude. I refuse the probation, and I get the year, and um, because my points keep going up, and I can't stay out, dude. Now I'm on four yard. Oh, real prison. And I remember, I, I'm in Buckeye, Arizona, at Buckley in '04 when it was still good, mm-hmm. and uh, and I look over, and this dude's leaking out his head. You know, he just got his head cracked at, at rec. And the other dude, and we're talking to him, and he's going to get locked down for the rest of his life, probably, you know, because they 5 5 him. And uh, he was like, this is a man's yard. If you don't walk around with your chest out and your head up, you're going to get ran off from here. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm a 24-year-old kid, you know, and, and uh, you know, and I don't, have, I don't have my medicine to make me feel strong and powerful. I don't have a pistol, dude. I just got, you know, and, I, and I'm like 160 pounds and... Uh, and I'm in there with all these dudes, and and it's a bunch of fucking, it's a bunch of adults with the mentality of children running around with sharp objects. That's how I can describe them. That is a great way to describe them. And high medium, yes. <laughs> like you see a guy get stabbed by five Mexicans on the rec field in front of you, and the guy's fighting the whole time he's getting stabbed until he gets out of the fence and dies. You're like, this is a manager. Like you're, you know, you're doing push, line. you're doing push-ups with Chappie the Axe Murderer, and and it's just okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I and I remember they were like my 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 cellie was like, hey, this table's for this, this table's for that, and this is where I sit. It's called the on call table, 
And I was like, well, I ain't got no kind of time. I'm not trying to be on call. Yeah. And I remember going to chow, and I'm trying to sit by, like, the tables where the lame sit. And, um, dude, that's running my house. He was like, uh, you want to go sit there with your celly? And I already know the rundown. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you know what that table's for? And I said, yeah. And I just sign up. Like, I, it's my turn. Everything's yeah. my turn. Like, this dude needs to beat up. It's my turn. And, um, yeah, I get page two for, the you know, getting raided for the crack. Um... They ran it like a first-time felony. I get a year county, seven years probation. Uh, and seven that, Yeah, and that starts out as IPS. And uh, when I'm going to do that county sentence, they grab me and get me on a um, trafficking stolen property. Hold up. You got one more. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> right, Like, yeah, you got a trespassing charge. And I was like, how did I get a trespassing charge? Yeah. Like, I don't know ever being arrested for trespassing. And they were like, uh, yeah, you know, it's trafficking yeah, stolen yeah. property. It's a conspiracy. It's been going on for a year. They got pictures of you selling this car to these undercover cops. And, uh, -huh. uh and so we're uh -huh. going to hit you with a prior and, uh, and we're, we're not going to stipulate time on this plea. Um, it's anywhere from four, and, four and a half to 12 and a half. And you're right there in the middle of six at six and a half is what you're going to, what your presumptive is. And, uh, and, and I was like, you know, like you know, let's go, dude. I'd rather be in prison than county jail. That's a fact. You know, like, I, you know, I could get settled. And I, I walked into court uh, fully expecting to get six and a half, and I got five. And uh, I got five, and I'm telling my attorney, okay, tell them to revoke the probation, and they were going to stack me if I did that and uh, run me run me bow-legged, which is you're doing nine and a half on a 10-year sentence. And I was like, okay, we'll try probation. Yeah, I like probation. You know, yeah, my, sounds good. You know, yeah, my mentality is... <laughs> You know, but, you know, I had this love in, in at Buckley, Arizona, in Buckeye, Arizona, or whatever, Buckeye Prison, and wherever it's at, Lewis. and Lewis, and, uh, you know, I remember, you know, we were locked down, and they finally called church, right? And my celly, he jumps up, and he's like, I'm going to church. And I was like, what do you mean you're going to church? Yeah, like, we're tattooing and stuff, and he, he gets out just to get out. Yeah, because it's a way to get out, right? And he comes back from church, and he comes with a gram of heroin. You're like, sure. And then, uh, and I never done heroin, but you know, I was like, I can try this, you know, like that's what I always thought. And then he, he was like, I'm gonna get you high before you leave. And I was like, what well, do you got some speed or some weed? He's like, I got some heroin. And before I could say, no, I don't do heroin. I was like, okay. And so he mixes his up and he mixes mine up. And yeah, yeah. But he had, you know, he had, yeah, he had, he had a harpoon. Yeah. So he that wasn't playing. Was yeah, well, you know, yeah, and so, uh, <laughs> so he gets high, dude, and, and you know, he shoots up, dude, and he's on the toilet, like on all fours at the toilet, throwing up. And he looks at me and he tells me it's good, and I was yeah, like, I That shit ain't good. Yeah, good shit. yeah, yeah, I was like, That shit ain't good, it like instantly made him puke, and but I did it anyways, yeah, you know, and, and I got high off heroin, and you know, when I caught that other. That other charge, I they ended up sending me out to Winslow, Arizona, because I still stayed. Oh, yeah. Kai Bab, yeah, yeah. I hit Kai Bab in 05, and uh, I, I and and it was just getting high and beating people up. Like I'm it's doing another man jar. Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing life on the installment program, and and this is okay. Like this is okay. Mom crying on the phone, dude, watching my daughter grow up in pictures. Every time I'm not sober, dude, I'm trying to figure out how I can uh, tie this sheet to this bed so I could jump off it and die. You know, you know, whatever, you know, I, I'm in the mix, dude. I do, I do some violent shit, dude, and, and, and I get love because of it because I want to be accepted, right? And long story short, I finally make it down to minimum in 2009, and um, 
you know, they're there and then they're or, you know, in two thousand eight and then they were like, you know, where are you gonna go when you get out, dude? And mom's not gonna have me there, grandparents don't want me to know where they live, brother doesn't want me to have the address and I don't know where I'm going and they hand me this list of half houses. Yeah, DOC approved half and uh and they were like, um, you know, pick one and I was like, men's rehab, Christian rehab, blah blah blah, start crossing stuff off and then it says solutions, uh, co ed and I was like, Perfect, because yep. I haven't seen a I haven't seen a woman that didn't look like a man in years. <laughs> and uh and you know that long that long bus ride, you know, get home, you know, get checked into the solutions and uh and they tell me to do some crazy shit, like I gotta get a home group and a service commitment, I gotta get a sponsor, you know, and then I got this roommate right and he's just like me, dude. He you know, he shot dope like I shot dope, he did time like I got time, but he's just from the other side of the fucking world. He's from Boston. You know, oh, and, and shout uh, out Keith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that dude taught me more about being free and sober than most people in my life. You know, and uh, you know, and, and I was at I was at a meeting and and uh, and they were and it was the last day I needed a sponsor. And they were like, anybody in here need a sponsor? And I raised my hand, and this young dude comes up to me. And he's like. 23 or 24, I'm 31, and I'm slung down, dude, you know, I've yeah. seen a bunch of shit, dude, I've seen people getting stabbed multiple times, dude, people get socked and get their neck broke, and, uh, and, and, and this kid, you know, this kid, I could tell he's scared of me, and he sits down and tries to do some step work with me, and, and, and I'm really not feeling it, like, I'd rather you know, work About out. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather work out, dude, and, uh, you know, and then dude speaks at a meeting talking about how he's scared of his sponsee, and I was like, perfect, you know, I'm not <laughs> calling him. I'm not doing nothing, you know, like... He's gonna sign my card. No, he doesn't. better sign my card. Yeah, card. it was just turning in without being signed, and uh, and they would call him, and he would call me, and he'd be like, hey, Solutions is calling me, I don't know what to say. I was like, just don't answer the phone. Yeah. You know, and and and, and 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 shout out to the people that ran that place because that lady didn't care about me going back to prison. Um, Wendy, she didn't care about anything. And Bob, you know, he he was a convict and been to prison multiple times, and he didn't care either. And but I mean, he would help me through something. Yeah, like I punch a guy in the eye for calling me a bitch down the street. Uh, he was like, it didn't happen on property, so I don't want to hear about it. Shit like that. So. Um, you know, and then I got in the telemarketing game. Oh, shout out to the telemarketers. You know, and they were like, hey, go work at this place down the street. So I started working down there. I started working down there and I started making a cool piece. Yeah, I was good at it. I was good at it and I was making money and I never made money. And they, yeah, everything they tell you, you know, this, we do this to be legit and we do that. And it, and it's a big spot. You, you walk in there and there's a bunch of hot girls in there and all this like stuff. This. and. Yeah, dude, there's like 150 desks in there, like straight boiler room, room but, um, you know, and, and I'm working there and I'm going to meetings and, and, and I'm kind of getting, you know, this, this, this itch again, getting this itch. I'm tired of working, I'm tired of my parole officer, I'm tired of the solutions, I'm tired of that lady always yelling at me saying she's going to kick me out and I'm going to go back to prison if I don't work the steps and, uh. I was talking to my boss, and of course she's easy on the eyes, dude. You know she's a rockabilly, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. and she's super, you know, she's super hot, and and I was just telling her, uh, you know, and I used to think that back then, you know, young or whatever, and, and that lady actually became one of my best friends in the world, and uh, 
And I was telling her, I was like, this isn't for me. Like this sober thing, like I'm not built for this. And she's like, you need to work the steps and call your sponsor. And I was like, he stopped answering the phone, you know, because why? I'm not willing. Yeah. And and she writes her husband's number down and she slides it to me and she says, call him. Uh, He'll sponsor you. And I was like, he doesn't even know me. And she's like, that's what we do. Mm, you right. know, and, and and this dude pulls up, dude, we meet up at a Starbucks and he rides up on his Harley and he's slung down like me and he talks about doing time like me. You know, he talks about using women the way I use women and he used toilet water and spoons so he could get high because there was no running water in the house and I was like, this dude's perfect and he had five years sober. He's telling my story. You know, he's work, yeah. he works at CBI, he's got an education, you know, like, and, uh, and, and dude, it, it, it was, we just sat down and he started breaking down the steps for me. And then when it got to God, I shut down. Like, I tried to start riots with Christians in prison. What do you mean you're handing out Bibles at the gate? Like, you guys yeah. need your heads caved in, right? Yeah. And, um, How dare you? And he was like, do you believe in God? And I was like, no. And he was like, do you believe I believe in God? And I was like, you can believe in whatever you want, you know? And, and uh, he goes, well, you could borrow my God. Ooh. And... Uh, and, I, and, I, and it was a weird concept, like, what do you mean borrow your God? But he was like, you remember when you told me you were willing to do whatever it takes to stay sober when we first sat down? He's like, here's what I want you to do. And this is, dude, this is like a turning point in my life where I was willing to try something someone else's way because my way doesn't work, dude. He was like, I want you to put your wallet underneath your bed at night and while you're down there, I want you to say thank you for being sober. And then when you get up in the morning, I guarantee you're not going to leave that halfway house without your wallet. You're going to get back down there and say, please help me stay sober. And it was an event. Keith Roy, he's in, he's in the shower. I got the door closed. I got the blind shut. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I get down on my knees, dude. And, you know, like my pride and ego was like everything in me. Like I'd rather die standing than live on my knees is, is the, you know, that's the term. And um, I get down on my knees and I say, God, please help me stay sober today. That's all I said. And it wasn't like some revelation happened in the, or anything like that. What happened was I stood up and Keith's standing there and he's got his towel on and fucking he's smiling at me and uh, and and he's got a tear in his eye and, and I was like, what? And he was like, you just might stay sober. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't understand that because at five and a half months sober, my best friend decided to shoot heroin and cocaine one last time and he died of an overdose. That same dude that told me that, that same dude I used to take girls out with that I used to go bowling with, that I would go to clubs with, do whatever with. Um, I kept doing that, and at some point, he stopped doing that. And I stayed sober, and my sobriety date is 5-13-09. You know, that's, that's, the, that's when I got. So, you know, and this past October uh, 21st, which was just a couple weeks ago, is the anniversary of him dying. And, uh, and you know, I've had some amazing things happen being sober and I've had some shitty things happen. You know, I, I sponsored as many dudes as I could. That first year of sobriety was amazing. Like I didn't know how to do anything else except for AA, CA, NA, you know, whatever it was, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah, I had service commitments everywhere. I'm doing 10 to 12 meetings a week, sponsoring 10 to 15 guys at a time. Uh, all my weekends were filled with doing fist steps with guys like, and, uh, and cause I didn't know how to live. Right, I'd go to work and and I'll tell you this, I did telemarketing because that's what I did for work, but what I did for my life was AA. And I think this is the part that saved my life or saved me through all the things that I've done wrong in my sobriety is that I've always sponsored guys, I've always kept service commandments, I had an H&I commitment, 
at Community Bridges on Van Buren, which is, you know, like the bottom of the barrel mm -hmm. detox for five years every Wednesday night. Like I didn't Certainly. miss that meeting. Unless I was out of state, I didn't miss that meeting. And you know, I got old lark. You know, I, I had a kid, I got married, you know, I got a I got a daughter that I watched grow up in prison, I have a relationship with, you know, and, and all this stuff and, and uh and I keep doing this and I'm doing the telemarketing thing and we have some problems. You know, we have some problems. Uh -oh. We get we get hit by the AG. That's you know, they, they shut it down. Uh, I was, you know, I was a part owner. Um, they shut, you know, they shut the bank accounts down, everything. We signed Your over, you know, yeah, we signed over a bunch of money to them. They make me sign a little paper uh, saying I would never do it again. You know, if you violate that paper, it's a misdemeanor. Uh, I mean, you pee, on the, you, pee out, you pee on the sidewalk, it's a misdemeanor, just to let you know, and probably yeah. an indecent exposure charge, so hmm. you get a felony out of that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so... Uh, you know, I, I lived in the gray area of my life, even in sobriety, and somewhere, dude, I lost, I lost like that connection with God, and and I dug in a whole bunch of dirtbag stuff, and uh, you know, and and uh, and now I, you know, now I'm at home. I have enough money to sit for a little while, and and I, uh, and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm running out of money. I'm getting down to the last of my money, and I'm with one of my friends, and and you know, he pulls up in his Benz, and we're at the gym, and. and at, 5.30 in the morning and we're talking and, and he hands me like five grand and he was like, here, go pay your bills. Okay. And I still don't know what I'm gonna do. Cause I, you know, like I know how to shoot dope and hit people over the head and I know how to sell air to anybody. And, um, but I don't know how to, how to live life on life's terms all the way. And uh, so he offers me a gig doing some security work to help him. Then it turns into more, um, then we, then, you know, it wasn't long later, like a bunch of rooms get raided and we shut everything down. Dude, I go and get my CDL. I was like, I'm going to be a truck driver. Yeah, that's what I do. Hot, the problem is you put a bag of shit in a box and this is it. And when you open it up, it's still a bag of shit, right? That's when I left California. That's the way it was. When I went driving the truck, like I'm not sponsoring guys like I was. I'm, I'm only going to meetings when I'm in town, like once a month. You know, and I, I'm, you know, and I get in 2017, I get indicted for stuff that happened in 2014 from the feds. I got a federal money laundering case out of, out of St. Louis, Missouri. And, uh, you know, I had to turn myself in. It was sitting, sitting in a cell a day. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm uh, eight years sober when I get indicted, you know, and. Uh, prison sentence. Yeah, and, and, and it was going through a lot, and I fought it for a year and a half, and, and it was either sign this, you know, sign this three years in prison or um, go to trial and get 20. And, uh, and you know, three sounds a whole lot yeah, better than me. Yeah, sounds a hell of a lot better. You know, and, and, I, and I'm, uh, I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. You know, I gotta, I, I thought about becoming a Mexican again. Yeah. You know, I told my wife, she's like, we'll be here when you get out. I'll start a satellite phone yeah. office from Mexico. <laughs> and there's an untapped yeah, market. yeah, like there's something broken up here yeah. in my devious mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know a couple of people that did it and actually got away with it. So, right, right, right. Um, but, um, you know, I, I sucked it up. Like, it's cleaning up the wreckage, even in sobriety. I have to clean up the wreckage. So. I drove myself to Terminal Island, California, which is in San Pedro. It's right on the water. It's club, the original club fed, like Al Capone did time there, one of the oldest prisons in the country. And, um, 
and my wife's crying outside the fence when I'm walking in there and she hands me like all her tips from work because she cuts hair and she hands me like $250 because I gave her everything. I said, sell everything, do whatever you gotta do yeah. to pay the bills, like all this is yours. And um, and I walk in there, dude, and, and I wasn't that convict I was when I got out of 2009. <laughs> I didn't wanna take advantage of people anymore, but of course, you know, I, I try to fit in, and you know, I'm a tough guy, and I got some political link tattooed on me, and, and you know, like, and, and, I'm kind of hot-headed. Like I don't keep, just kind of I don't keep my hands to myself all the time, even when I'm sober. I'm sorry, you're but here too. yeah. Well, no, that was in there. There's a whole story about that too. But uh, you know, I go in there, and, and me and my wife have have problems, and I'm having problems uh, fitting in, and I'm doing, I'm trying to do AA, and my, you know, my wife tells me that she cheated on me, and. Uh, and I didn't have the conversation with her about like, cause she said she would wait for me and I believed her. Yeah. And which is, do people get lonely or I left her in a bad situation. She had big boy bills. Like there's a house and, and the car payment and this didn't come from telemarketing or anything like that. But, um, you know, the, the two dogs and the two kids and, and, uh, and she didn't know how to cope with life that I helped her build and I'm not there. And she tells me this dude and I get into a fight with God. Yeah. Me and God had a big fight, dude, and I, and I told God I, I, I hated him for like 20 minutes in my head. I can't sleep, you know, all I could do was work out, you know, do my little job, dude, and, and, uh, and so when I told this story at Knuckleheads, you know, and uh, one, of the, uh, one of the guys shared, and he was like, at least when things were bad, you still talk to God, even if you told him you hated him. So that's ingrained in me to talk to God, even when I'm mad at God. And my, and my concept of God has changed over the years. You know, it went from like, you know, good orderly direction from a group of drunks um, to like karma to like, okay, it's this entity out there. I can't really put a face on. Like I did this whole thing with my sponsor and I've had this, the sponsor I have now I've had for uh, like almost 12 years. And, uh, and we did this long time ago, a best friends list, you know, he's yeah. like, write down everything, every characteristic you're looking for in a best friend, if you can make your own best friend. Yeah. And then the next time we were doing step two and he was like, okay, uh, what are you looking for in God? And I was like, I don't know. He's like, pull out your list and I read it and it's everything I'm looking for in God. There it is. Right. And, and I want God to be my best friend. So in there, in there, I'm miserable. I'm trying to sponsor guys. You know, I have a great Grant, I have a grand sponsor that's got 47 years sober, and mm -hmm. shout out Larry, because uh, that man's amazing. He writes convicts like crazy that are trying to be sober yeah, in prison. Fact. Dude, he's been, he, he did three terms in prison. He's been to seven mental institutions, like, and he uh, still writes convicts. He still sponsors dudes, and uh, and he's dying of COPD and needing a lung transplant, and he's writing me every week. Mm -hmm. You know, we're writing back and forth, and... Uh, and he's telling me, you're in there with a bunch of sick motherfuckers and you're a sick motherfucker, so you need to sponsor as many of those dudes as you can. And I tried to do that. Facts. Yeah, and I got a few guys I through the steps you. and my uh, my concept of God had to change or else I was going to die. And I seen these dudes and they were sitting around this table and they would pray every day while I was at work sweeping up on the yard. And uh, they would ask me to come over there with them. And there were, there were some dudes, you know, they, they were convicts, but they weren't trying to do the whole thing, take advantage of people and stuff like that. And they were Christian dudes, and I was always fearful of that kind of stuff. And because that Christian God, when I was a kid, let me down. Yeah. And, and years later, I, I still remembered that. And, uh, 
you know, and, and then one day I was just so miserable that I sat with these guys and they prayed. And then it was a week goes by and I just sit there and they pray. And uh, and then one day I start praying with them and then one day a dude was like, hey, uh, why don't you come to church with me? And I was like, that's not my thing. Yeah, it's not my jam. But uh, he was like, no, it's good. They got a band. You get out of the house, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, they're in there happy. And I go in there, dude, just to check it out. And he hands me a Bible. And he was like, here, you should read this. And I was like, I don't know what to read in there. He's like, read the Gospels. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And he tells me. Yeah. So I start reading it and I'm asking questions, dude, because it's knowledge. You know, like in my mind. Nine years sober. Yeah, this is at nine years sober. I'm in there reading. And, and it. it to me, it's a history book, yeah. right? Because if you can't get anything out of it, if you're not a Christian, it doesn't matter. If you're Jehovah Witness, if you're, you know, Muslim, I don't care what your conception of God is. If it's something made up that works for you, you have to have some higher power. I just spiritually plateaued, and I wanted to kill myself at nine years sober, and I had to redevelop what I thought God was. And so I went through this whole thing, and I had a, I had a spiritual experience. Uh, in that chapel, not that day, but um, a couple months later after reading the Bible every day and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and it helped me grow. And, and then I ended up going, you know, and then, you know, staying close to God and doing God's work. What God does is I'm far away. I haven't seen my kids in six months. You know, like um, the wife's definitely divorcing me. And, uh, and then they say, hey, you're going to camp. And I was like, dude, I don't even know how I'm going to camp. Like I I, you know, my, my door card says, do not play well with the others, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I go to this camp in Tucson, Arizona, and I run into my co-defendant, who's one of my best friends, and, and I get to be I get to be there for him because he's mad at God, too. And I, and I told him this is the way, and I kept pushing him, and I got AA in there, sure, and I got volunteers. Yeah, and, and I, got, I got volunteers, you know, to come in from AA again. Like, I'm emailing everybody I know in the program. Do we know anybody in Tucson? Like, here's the deal. I'm in Tucson. I'm getting, I got my one of my best friends that I did time with in the state who is not in the program, who's not any of that. Dude, he's just my homeboy, would bring my son once a month to see me, no matter what. And, uh... And then I, you know, COVID hits right before I get out. Dude, I have to go spend two weeks in the hole. Right before I get out, and, and, and I released from the hole. Yeah, released from the hole, right? No, no. Is, yeah, yeah I had to go quarantine for two weeks because yeah. they, they didn't even have testing for it One yet. One last time. And, and uh, then I go to this federal halfway house, dude, and I already got a car waiting. You know, I, I already have, every, you know, like I got clothes and and all this stuff and. Um, you know, and the kids were there and stuff like that. And I go to this federal halfway house and they were like, hey, you and, and all I could think about is like, I talked to people and they were like, they're doing meetings on Zoom. And I was like, oh, I can't video chat, chat in here. So, you know, I can't go to AA meetings. They don't have nobody coming in, it's COVID. So I'm going on Zoom and I'm like in the window upstairs, dude, watching for the, yeah, I'm my own point, man. And I'm speaking at meetings all over the valley and uh, speaking for Eric Bebanetto in California, you know, for a CA meeting like every week and doing meetings with these guys because I can't get out of the house. Hey, you know, all I could do is go to work and come back. And I need this fellowship and I need this relationship. And, um, and, and I need this relationship with God for that nearness. And, and I get out and I, I go on home confinement with the ankle bracelet for three months, dude, and still doing the same thing, dude, in the minute, dude, I... Uh, I get that ankle bracelet off, dude. I go to an AA cigar shop where I know that uh, people from AA hang out. And I go and I sit down there with the owner uh, who's in recovery, who's 18 years sober, 20 years, no, it's 20 years sober now. And um, we're smoking a cigar. And uh, he was like, 
he was like, hey, little brother, keep your head down, dude, and stay right in the middle. He was like, that's what you need to do right now, dude. And I followed that. That's and advice you Yeah, going to meetings, dude, and I was just picking up guys. You know, picking up guys, taking them through the steps, dude, doing the same thing, speaking all over, and, you know, reconnecting with Ron. And, you know, me and Ron's having conversations, and, uh, and I'm setting boundaries in my life with women, you know, not taking things too far. You know, just going, like, you know, not not being a dirtbag, dude, keeping this closeness with God, dude, just driving this dump truck. You know, I owe all this money, dude. I have a big restitution. How much, Scott? 9.9 is what it started with. Yeah. I don't know what it's at uh, where right now. But, you know, I talked to Ron, and, you know, and then Ron calls me back, and he goes, you know, you're different. And I'm happy, and I don't care about money, and, and my relationships in my life are the most important things in my life. The relationship with the woman or the relationship with the kids or the relationship with the people that are sitting right next to me, the relationship with my mom, the, you know, with my brother, like, uh, I, those are more important to me than all the money in the world, right? I don't, care, I don't care that I drive a 2005 Camry with 200,000 miles on it, right? And, and Ron calls me and he was like, hey, um, I would be an honor if you sponsored me. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and then we, and then like anybody else, we build this relationship past the things that he knew from before to get a better understanding of what we're looking for in our higher power and what we're looking for in life and the direction we need to go. Just briefly, real quick, after I, I remember when I asked you to be my sponsor and then we went to that CA convention where Jason spoke. That day prior, I remember I had just asked you recently, me and you were out there smoking cigars and and then went to the pool party and you brought your son. Mm -hmm. We were in the pool throwing the ball around. We're getting ready, waiting for you to come. And I'll never forget how little Scotty looked at you. And I knew that I made the right decision as a scout because he was a different person. This little boy looked, looked at his father and I was just like, yeah. yeah, this is what it's all about. Yeah, dude, it's, it's that. Dude, my daughter, my youngest daughter, I watched grow up in, in pictures, you know, and I spent half her life in prison. Dude, she's 25 now, and we talk every day. You know, I, I talk to my son every day. You know, like, he, he, he doesn't want for anything. You know, whatever, you know, me and my ex-wife go through, we still have a friendship to where we can talk about my son and, and, and so that he's taken care of and yeah, I, I do stupid shit and, and we get angry and you know and, I, and and just the relationships with the people in my life dude are so important but the best thing is is my relationship with God mm. you know that, that relationship that I have with God is um, I talk to God like he's my best friend some days and when I have problems you know and I was going through something I'm going through something today and I've been going through something with some people and, and, and it's just my sponsors like, dude, talk to God about it before you make any decisions, keep talking. Uh, I seen him last night and he was like, dude, talk to God, good, do it again tonight and do it tomorrow too. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying yeah. about do that thing? Yeah, dude, it's like, you know, my sponsor's got 20 years sober and, and he's, a, he's a junkie like me and, uh, you know, and he's, you know, I, I liked how he held himself like a business owner, family man, kids, you know, stuff like that and so, uh, so, and, and this guy, you know, this guy is like, I don't just sponsor guys, dude. I sponsor friends and they're friends. After a while, we build this relationship and, and, and I love them, you know, and I would do anything for them. And yeah, when they get mad at people, I get mad at them too. Yeah, fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> Start deleting people off Facebook and shit because of their, their fucking resentment, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like, you know, that brother. It's a protector. 
that yeah that brotherhood is that yeah I want to protect you and I want to protect the people in my life too but you know I started this new job and and uh three months ago and uh it's a great opportunity for me in a different field than what I'm doing and, and I'm starting to make good money and I'm learning how to run equipment and because I have a CDL um it got me in the door and it's trying because I'm out of town Monday through Friday and uh you know but I mean yesterday I had time and before the meeting last night I did a fist step with a guy like here, here this is what we're doing yeah. you know you're meeting me it's been too long you've been sitting on this and I've been trying to get you to do it we're doing this tomorrow night before the meeting and he's like okay or you know me and Ron will meet up and we'll go have a steak and go to a meeting or you know it's just different things if I don't hear from a guy I'll call him and and because I care about what happens it's not just about calling me you know and one of my sponsees is like oh they need to call me for five days straight and I was like uh, can you do that with your sponsor? Because you ain't called me for five days straight. <laughs> you know, like you need to be a little bit easier on that, dude. Those dudes are scared. Like you're, you got, you got cancer, and you're gonna rub that off on me. That's how they think when they come in the room. Like, hey, I'll meet a dude, and uh, you know, I'll give him my number, and I'll get his too, and I'll call him the next day and be like, hey, bro, I really had a good conversation with you. How's your day going? You know, and the next thing you know, dude, we're sitting down doing step work. The next thing you know, dude, I see him with two, five, seven years sober, you know, and, and I want to see people win. That's the biggest thing, dude. Like, yeah, it's a selfish program, and I know I'm going to stay sober if I sponsor guys, but, dude, that satisfaction of seeing that guy get a job, get his kids back, be part of their life, be a productive member, you know, of society, get their rights back, just different things, and they're winning, that's a miracle. And that's what it's all about, man. Scott, dude. Wow. I mean, the, the message, dude, the story, just everything that you've been through from, from the trauma. I mean, there's just so much substance in your message that gives you the ability to have such an impactful, um, you know, just, dude, it was powerful, bro. That's all I can say, dude. And Thanks so much yeah. for coming, Scott. And thank you for being on the show today. And for all of our listeners out there, man, continue to follow us. You know, Powerless to Powerful, you can find us everywhere. Continue to subscribe and like and share because this message needs to be heard. So, man, get this one out there. Continue to do what you do. We're super grateful for, for, for all of our followers and continue to, to follow the show. Scott, it is a pleasure having you here today, man. So thank you for being on thank the show. Thank you for having me.